0: The Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Welcome to Dog Talk Live, number 79. Dog Talk Lives are great. We do them on Facebook as well as we uh, put a lot of them up onto YouTube. So, I hope you guys are able to give us a few minutes of your time today to talk dogs. Uh, we are here, probably I'd say we're doing about twice a week now. Uh, we do these for about 15 minutes, and it's more of a Q&A type thing where we are trying to answer questions and help people get involved in the sport that I love, which is working with dogs and hunting with dogs in the field, uh, running competition, or just flat out chasing ducks and pheasants. So I hope you guys are having a great day. I hope the weekend is set up to be a great weekend for you. Uh, today, what did I work with the dogs on today? Our training dogs today got to see decoys for the first time. Now, the way that uh, I run that is I actually put the decoys on land, so the dogs are seeing the decoys uh, where I can access them if they have a adverse reaction or they try to retrieve one or anything else like that. And I'll actually throw bumpers just past the decoys, so they have to run through them. The first time, the dogs run out and they usually sniff just about every decoy, and then from there, they uh, they will just turn around, grab the grab the bumper and come back, and then the the subsequent retrieves they really don't even pay attention to it. So it is it is something that works out great. It is where you can work on multiple things at one time. So when you're looking at your training, always try to work on multiple things as you are uh, getting involved out one. As you're getting involved, and those multiple things are uh, today. We're working on completing our retrieve. We're working on our control or leaving on our name. Uh, we are working on steadiness. We're working on decoy introduction, and then we're working on uh, where we uh, we're shooting uh, before the uh, bird falls. So it's adding a lot of a lot of excitement in, so that it, very much seems like a hunt. Putting in you uh, you and the dog in a position where you can kind of see where they are at as far as their training. By the time the dogs go home, I actually even throw in calling, calling ducks, uh, running duck calls uh, so that the dogs kind of have that circus atmosphere where they're like, oh my gosh, so much stuff is going on. I put them in a dog blind and that will be later. Right now we've got <coughs> just over a month left in their training and they are right where they need to be and they are just doing fantastic. So today we are here. Uh, We'd like to listen to some questions and answer some questions for you. we got John checking in. Hello, John. We've got uh, Mark Elon checking in from Oregon. Uh, When you're popping into our Dog Talk Lives, please let us know where you're from. Let us know what your questions are today. Uh, We normally get people from all over the world And kind of neat, our podcast is is replicating that. We've got, uh, I think, eight countries right now that we've got people checking in from uh, for our um, our podcast that are listening. Um, That doesn't work. I'm trying to pull up. Hold on a second. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be here, but you're not going to see me. Um, Trying to see here. Pull up something so that I can see... You know, I got to figure out how to put up links for uh, specific uh, specific episodes on our uh, on our podcast. Um, this is a link directly to the podcast. So, oh, I'm not I'm not having a great day today. Uh, this is a link to the podcast. Uh, the link is uh, going to take you so you can see all the episodes. Uh, the one that we did this week uh, that was really cool, we put up yesterday, uh, Brad Heidel from Delta Waterfall joined us, very good friend of mine, uh, actually one of my hunting buddies, and he's hosted the show before. Uh, when, when I was hurt, uh, gosh, when I did TV, back when I had a brain aneurysm and just about kicked the bucket, Bradley stepped in and uh, took a couple of trips for me and hosted the show. Uh, Brad is a uh, <coughs> works for uh, the National for Delta Waterfall. He runs their marketing. And it was a cool opportunity to talk to him about what the upcoming season looks like through the eyes of their organization. Uh, gave us some great, uh, great information, and it would be a wonderful thing if you're looking for uh, something to listen to on the drive home. I think the whole podcast ended up being about 25 minutes. Listen to it. Let me know what you think. Uh, Brad's a great guy, and he's he's a great guy to have on a podcast because he's very well-spoken and very knowledgeable. So that is what we had going on on the podcast this week. So please check that out and let us know what you think about it. Uh, Jesse Lester, we should have a training day. Yeah, absolutely, Jesse. Hit me up um, outside of uh, Dog Talk Live, and uh, maybe we can get together. Uh, let's see Camden or Camden from New York You know Rich Camden from New York So I'm not understanding that Are you from Camden To New York Or are you from New York But in Camden Let me know what you're meaning on that and uh, go from there. John, do you see any difference in training female versus male dogs? John, I do not. Uh, You will often hear that there's a difference from people that are selling puppies. uh, And the reason you'll hear there's a difference is because they have a certain sex that they need to sell. Uh, I see no difference in personality. I see no difference in their ability to run. The only real difference I see is in size. And if you do not get a male fixed, which I suggest everybody does because quite honestly, I would with my own, but they're stud dogs uh males will get preoccupied when you're doing your stuff and they will want to pee on everything and at times if there's a female in season you can have some issues but i uh i do not see a difference in training again 10 to 15 pounds so if you're running out of a boat and you're having to uh pull dogs back into the boat that could be something you want to look at and uh go from there so we got patrick checking in from manitoba good to see you mr patrick uh, we've got. Have you ever had a dog that had limp tail syndrome? Seems to have uh, Seems to have on your dog. Uh, Jackie, I have not. I've seen it. Um, the way to avoid limp tail, uh, generally speaking, they get it from colder water. Uh, and it would be to do less retrieves in cold water and to make sure the dogs are on a dry surface <coughs> and that you can, if you can't towel them off, I've only seen it in training dogs. I haven't seen it in hunting, uh, which doesn't really make sense. You should see it more in hunting because the water is colder. But I very much uh, worry about that with the dogs early uh, till till we get to about May into June in Wisconsin so that uh, the water temperature is warmer. This year, uh, we had a weird spring. Ice came out early. It looked like it was going to warm up and then it stayed about 40 to 45 degrees until almost June. Once we hit June, we hit 90 degrees. So it, uh, it kept us... Kept us very uh very bipolar, I guess, in in how we trained the dogs this year because of the uh water temp. Ah, your grandson is Cam Camden. How are you doing today, Camden? Good to have you watching. Sorry about that. That is great to get the explanation. Ah, we got Michelle's watching from North Carolina. She's enjoying the podcast. That's great, Michelle. It's it's fun to put together. I honestly, with our podcast, much like Dog Talk Live, uh, we're not overly monetizing this where we're worried about making money with it Uh, dog talk lives we have our platform it's already built so it doesn't cost us anything Uh, the podcast uh, we are using uh, an app that makes that completely free Um, I don't know where it's going to go we're hitting probably between anywhere from 60 to about 130 views or listens so far and uh, eh, if it grows, it grows. If it's not, it's still a nice way to uh, stay in contact with people. And I really enjoy creating content uh, to uh, talk about what I love, which is dogs. So it gives me a way to create content that is not a TV show where I have to fork out a ton of money and have a ton of stress. But if you guys do like uh, podcasts, I love them. That's why we made one. It is called the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor app, Google Podcast, and about six more other platforms <coughs> that uh, uh, are out there. So please give it a listen. And let me know what you think. John's checking in from Juneau, Alaska. Nice. What is the weather up like in Juneau? When does it cool off? When do you hit like the really cold weather? I'm assuming, John, that your that uh, your uh, weather there is much different than ours, or is that Arkansas? What is AK? I think it's Alaska. Eh. I'm sorry, it's been too long to be out of school and quite honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a little short on sleep. So, uh, running your first finished test this Sunday, calling for 95 degrees. Would it hurt to cool the dog off in the truck after the run? Jesse, no, it would not. Um, the one thing I would do is uh, if you can, have a crate in your truck so that uh, the dog is uh, still not able to bounce around the car. I have, seen, uh, I have seen dogs that just go berserk in the vehicle after they run because they're so excited and it just keeps them wound up. So you're going to want to uh, cool the dog down. Uh, you're going to want to give the dog lots of water, lots of hydration. A good trick to hydrating your dog on hot days is uh, when you feed them to put water in with their food uh, because then they have to drink all of the water while they eat the food. All right, John, thanks. I'm tired, but I was right. When does it, when's your hunting season up in Alaska? I'm curious on that. Like, when does your duck season run? And uh, how cold is it by the end of the year? Never got to go up there uh, for the TV show to film. I always thought of it, always thought that it would be kind of a fun thing to uh, film up in Alaska. I wanted to film in, uh, South Africa, too, but just never got around to those. Went to some wonderful places. I got to meet so many great people. I got to uh, travel all around North America, but that was uh, one that I will admit I wanted to do. The other was my uh, hunt to uh, Maine for eiders. Uh, Brad Heidel, uh, that I talked about before, that's on our podcast this week, he actually went on that hunt for me. Uh, That was a hunt that I was very much looking forward to. Had a brain aneurysm like... Eight days before we were supposed to leave so I could not go because I was busy trying not to die and uh, it was it really really uh, sucked because that was one you hunt right on the ocean and they were telling me you have to actually change where you're sitting because of the uh, rise and fall of the ocean and the tide where they were talking about a 10 to 20 foot difference in the uh, water level so kind of neat it's been in the mid to upper 50s that is, uh, yeah, that's crazy. We're we uh, Wisconsin's always uh, interesting. Uh, I used to have a place up in far northern Wisconsin, and just that difference was uh, so much. You would have an extra month or so of winter uh, from northern Wisconsin to southern Wisconsin. Southern Wisconsin down by Illinois is pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty chill. It's uh, it's it's we don't have brutal winters. Hopefully we've had a few, but uh, usually it warms up pretty good, and it's it's fairly temperate. Ah, I should film on the Big Horn in Montana, best hunt I've ever had. Ah, Jesse, we're not filming anymore, so that's it's not uh, something that uh, that I'm going to do anymore, uh, but uh, that would be a cool hunt. Uh, I went up and hunt, uh, filmed uh, a deer hunt uh, <coughs> in uh, by the Milk River with Milk River Outfitters, and uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, beautiful country, a lot of public land. I'm uh, going to go back there at some point someday. But uh, this year is all about uh, my own property and still continuing to learn my own property and getting to hunt it, which is we have uh, 190 acres of wetland uh, that has great deer and waterfall on it. Hopefully it will not be too wet so that we will have a good season. Uh, Michelle, can you talk about training new pups some? Um, we are getting a six-month-old German short hair in October, or six-week-old German short hair in October lost your red bone in February not a person who can make it without a dog she was trained when we got her so we're specifically wondering about keeping them in a kennel during the day also wanting to loose leash her new pup uh, Michelle what you're going to want to do is uh, start working with the dog they their puppies obviously uh, I wouldn't take a take a Ownership of a puppy till they're seven weeks. Uh, they really should be seven weeks before you uh, before you get them. Uh, any states that have laws will have that set up if they have a breeding program where people are registered. Uh, I would uh, start working with them on leash as soon as you can so that they're used to it. And then when you get to six months, you get a pinch collar. You work with them on the pinch collar where you are making sure they heal perfectly at your, at your knee with their front shoulder. Uh, they're sitting uh, when you tell them to sit they don't lunge because they're going to have the pinch collar on So it will correct them when they do that and then you're going to transition to an e-collar or electric collar And do the all the same corrections with the pinch collar on the dog But also do a an electric collar correction at the same time first though before you use an electric collar to do uh, Corrections you're gonna go through something called collar conditioning uh, So these are all things that you can look up online. You're gonna look up a pinch collar training uh, collar conditioning, and then e-collar reinforcement. You should be able to find some good videos on it. That is something that uh, we actually do more and more of. I've got six dogs in for obedience training right now. Uh, we do uh, dogs throughout the year, uh, except for hunting season, and uh, we uh, we work with with uh, dogs of all breeds for that. So it's 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 something that is uh, for me is 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 a growing. Um, Platform growing business model is uh, the obedience training. It's just a lot easier uh, on myself and on my body, and uh, it just doesn't take quite the time that uh, having to do setup and takedown and everything else for hunting dogs. Not that we're ever going to get out of hunting dogs, Uh, we're just going to cut back the amount that we take. Uh, This year we have 11 in right now. Next year we are going to take no more than six i can see at a point being at four or five and then capping it there and uh, keeping that there so it should be uh should be uh something you, you can do yourself and if you need help we also take dogs in here ah uh, patrick if you want to go on a sea duck sea duck hunt you should look into newfoundland uh, i you know when you when you talk about hunts uh i you talk about hunt hunt of a lifetime i was trying to explain to someone the other day uh, I was very blessed to have the show. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of stress. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it's very, very, it's like high-stakes poker. Uh, it's blood sport, dealing with other other shows and trying to beat them. Uh, but uh, I very much uh, am really liking being home. I've got a, my my property here, my hunting property that we had at Saki Acres Signature Lodge. It is a neat property, and I want to learn my own property. So it's, it's kind of funny because where most people are looking to go on those, hunts every every year or every couple of years i was going on like eight to ten a year so i think in a couple of years i'll probably be to the point where i'm going to want to go on a sea duck hunt and go on uh go somewhere like maine or newfoundland uh next year i have uh my my most fun hunt that i enjoy is an elk hunt uh, i'm going out to uh wyoming so that will be a very cool uh trip for me uh, i'm taking my son clayton he's never uh, elk hunted before so i'm taking him as, as his graduation gift and uh that will be a cool hunt uh i think i definitely will probably start going to canada once or twice uh, or uh, a couple every couple of years and just going to add stuff in as as we go but i'm going to go from where i was going on 10 hunts to maybe one every other year and uh really enjoy uh, hunting around here at our own property too so all right so we are at 15 minutes uh, if we have any other questions, we're going to give a last call on questions. I hope everyone is really going to have a wonderful weekend. Get outside. Uh, take your dogs for a walk. If you got to socially distance, do that. Uh, but you can get out, soak up some of that sunshine, and uh, get the dogs. It's now time to start getting our dogs in shape for season. And that includes us. We need to get in shape too. So the more you get out and walk your dogs, the better shape you're going to be in. And the better shape the dogs are going to be in. So the better season you're going to have. So, but we're going to call it on that. We do want to thank everyone for stopping in to uh, do our question and answer here on Dog Talk Live. I do appreciate you all. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Have a great weekend. God bless. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by neck outdoors. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. Hey welcome to the dog training tip for this episode of Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I had a quick question from someone that was emailed over to me. And if you want to send your question to have it answered here on Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast, just email me at sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Tom C. asked, he said he's a new listener. He wanted to run something by me about his dog that's four and a half months old. The dog listens to commands in the field. He's responsive to hand signals as well as whistle command. Loves retrieving in the water. He retrieves perfectly to a platform in the house and loves to play fetch in the house. His only issue is that the dog shows little interest to retrieve on land. And he's tried many methods to keep it fun to as well as uh, to pick it up. And he loves running around with the bumper. But he pretty much refuses to pick it up and bring it back. Uh, I've got a dog all over me right now. Sorry about this. And he uh, usually drops it on the way back. Uh, Tom asks, am I expecting too, too much or is there something else that he can do to connect with a retrieve in the yard? So this is something that is common. People get a puppy and they want to start training right away. Formal training does not start until dogs hit six months old. And training is not taking them out, working with them on retrieves and hand signals. Training it, the first six to eight weeks is working on something called force fetch and working on your obedience to a field level as well as then reinforcing that obedience ultimately with a collar after you've put the dog through e-collar conditioning. So by collar I meant electric collar. So Tom, it is wonderful that you're getting your dog out. It is great the dog's performing and having fun. You just want to keep it fun when they're puppies. You don't want to make it too much about the training but you want to make it more about having it be fun, having them build their desire, and if the dog's not completing retrieves or even retrieving at all, don't worry about it. It's a puppy. Uh, The big thing when you're working with young dogs or puppies is to make sure that you're not giving them bad habits. It is too often that I get dogs in here for training, and the dogs will be basically taught by the owners to drop right at their feet because they don't want to deal with the dog's slimy uh, mouth on the bumper and they, they have them drop it. Very hard to fix and something with force fetch, you want them to hold it all the way through. So just make sure the dog is being encouraged to to uh, retrieve the hand. If you are having issues, don't overdo it. All you need to do is just let the dog understand their structure, work with them on being on a leash, work with them on the command no, you can work with them on their other commands, but you're going to start to demand response and demand performance from the dogs once we get to six months. Why do we pick six months? That's because they have their teeth in, uh, their adult teeth in. It's not fair to pay, to uh, try to work with a dog on uh, retrieving when they're getting their teeth in. And also they're old enough and more mature so that they can take pressure. So I hope that helps. Again, if you guys want to get your question in, send it to SportingDogTV at gmail.com and we'll answer your question right here on the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Thanks. Have a great day. Take care. Sporting Dog Adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun.